one of the caveats that I do like to throw out there, I'm going to make this drastically easier, but that doesn't mean there isn't work. So if you're expecting AI makes it not take work, you're going to be disappointed. But if you want to be able to get a result that is drastically more leveraged than you used to be able to do before and is a lot easier than it used to be before, then this is going to help. All right, welcome to another episode of Real Estate Growth Hackers. I am here, Zach Hammer, with my buddy, Charlie Madison of Realtor Waiting List, Referrals While You Sleep, all sorts of different things, software developer, realtor, green screen aficionado, all sorts of things to say about Charlie. Charlie Whatever today, it takes to not have a W-2. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> That's what's going to be on your tombstone. Did yes. whatever it took. Did I have a W-2? <laughs> uh, what we're talking about today is we're talking about how to leverage AI in the process of your onboarding and your training uh, so that you could take training materials that you've already put together and put together questions, quizzes, etc easily and on autopilot in order to actually test for understanding. So that's what we're talking about today. Now, why is that important? Let's cover that real quick. When you are going through and giving people training, one of the things that I have found is it is a lot easier to claim that you went through training than it is to actually pay attention and make sure that somebody uh, fully listened to it. Ideally, people are self-motivated and doing that on their own, but sometimes it does take a little bit of, I don't know, for better or worse, if something isn't observed, if something isn't checked or watched, it inevitably degrades to about the worst quality possible. And so if you want to make sure that when you're bringing people onto your team and, and getting them trained up, it's really good to have quick ways to be able to test. Uh, did they go through the materials? Do they understand it? Even if they are, like, let's be optimistic here. Even if they are wanting to understand it, maybe for better or worse, maybe it wasn't clear in the training material. Maybe you actually didn't communicate something as clearly as you thought you did. And so when you test for the understanding, uh, you, you may not get the answers back that you expect, uh, et cetera. So uh, either way, the end goal of training is always for the people that are going through it to have an understanding of that material and being able to be able to put it into practice. Does that sound accurate? That's like the reason why we give people training, right? Exactly. And it's the old inspect what you expect, right? Exactly. And so now why, so that's why it's important, but why don't we already do this? All right. Why don't we already put the time into putting together these questions and checking for understanding and do well? Pretty simply, it's hard, <laughs> right? It's completely a different frame of mind to try and convey a concept versus putting yourself in the shoes of somebody who doesn't know the information and trying to think through questions that aren't just literally regurgitate the words that came out of my mouth back to me. Cause that's, that's not really what you want to do. That doesn't make for good testing of understanding, right? If you know, you could train a parrot to repeat words, that doesn't mean that it knows how to uh, implement your system. It just means that they can repeat your words. And why it's important is that we want to do this in a way that is actually uh, easy to do. So that's what's powerful right now about leveraging AI uh, in order to do this is that we could take something that was previously hard where you have to put yourself into a frame of mind that's hard to put yourself into, if we're going to be honest. It's hard to put yourself in the shoes of somebody who doesn't know what you know. It's probably one of the most difficult things that I've actually seen for humans in general, that we aren't good at thinking what it was like before we know what we know now. It's really good at it. A system that's been trained on basically all of language 
<laughs> all of language that is publicly available. It's pretty good at that. It's pretty good at pretending like it's a different scenario. <laughs> that's that's what we're going to cover today. How does that sound? Any thoughts or questions or things that you think people uh, might want to take away from this as we get into it and, and I start diving into how we implement this? I'm excited about this because it's truthfully for me, it's fine. As you show this, like it's finally possible for me to one constantly improve my training by I can get feedback from the results and and actually get feedback because there's a reason that teachers get paid. Like it's a different animal. And so to be able to not have to know that skill to be able to get at least 80% of the way there is pretty exciting. So I'm looking forward to this. Awesome. Awesome. So let's dive into it. The goal is to make this as painless and repeatable as possible. Uh, Anybody who's heard me talk about AI implementation, one of the caveats that I do to throw out there, I'm going to make this drastically easier, but that doesn't mean there isn't work. So if you're expecting AI makes it not take work, you're going to be disappointed. But if you want to be able to get a result that is drastically more leveraged than you used to be able to do before and is a lot easier than it used to be before, then this is going to help. So with that in mind, let's go through the process. So first off, typically I find this process will work whether you're giving people written instructions or giving them video instructions. If you give them video instructions, you do have to process that first in order to be able to go through the rest of this process. So I do find most people uh, when they're doing some sort of training, I feel like people tend to flow easiest recording videos, doing things like looms, screen shares, where they're showing the process, explaining the process, however, makes sense to them. You can definitely start there. uh, And that is a great place to do this. If you happen to be somebody who leads with writing uh, and you think best by writing, then feel free to go that way as well. Uh, That is perfectly fine and acceptable. Work great for this process as well. So you can write out instructions. You can write out your training uh, and that would be fine uh, as well. You don't have to, but it's also a, a, a good valid option if that's what works for you. If you have that, then you kind of skip the first part of this process for most people who are going to be using video. Uh, if you have the written, you could skip this, which is you need to get your video transcribed. There's lots of different tools to be able to do this. Uh, one of my favorite ones for the Mac is called Mac Whisper. It uses OpenAI's Whisper technology. Uh, the app is completely free uh, and allows you to upload videos or audios and get back a complete transcript completely for free using the hardware on your computer to do the processing. I love that one because uh, it tends to do a great job. It's run locally, it runs quick, it runs effective, and it doesn't cost anything, so that's powerful. If you don't have a Mac and you need something else that's an option, a few other things that I've seen work well. Uh, If you have Slack, you can upload videos into Slack and the transcriptions from that will be good. Uh, If you don't have Slack, you can upload videos into YouTube and get automated captions and download that caption file. That will also be good. It's not gonna be perfect. Uh, I do find that the Whisper, the OpenAI Whisper technology is a little bit better, Um, but honestly, this stuff's improving all the time. So it's very possible it's going to be equivalent regardless. And it's just a matter of preference for your process. Those are some good options. You go go there, get those downloaded, uh, literally just throw them into like a text document, uh, Google document, whatever, just get the entire transcript. If you 
have a really long transcript. First off, this is separate, but typically I recommend when it comes to training, strive for only teaching 15 minute segments at a time. At most, shorter is okay too. If a concept takes longer than 15 minutes to explain, you probably want to break it out into multiple videos and, and teach sub steps rather than teaching the whole thing. Uh, if you do that, then this should work because the size of your transcript should fit within to the context window of ChatGBT using GPT-4 uh, with a, you gotta be paying for GPT+. If not, then you might need a longer transcript window if you've got a really long transcript uh, and you could use a tool like Claude for that. So Claude has a massive uh, window of memory. So it, it could understand uh, large swaths of text. Actually, it, it can be good at this in general. I tend to find that GBT4's ability to process this kind of data is a little bit better as long as it fits within the window of what it could process. If the window goes wider, then you might need to rely on Claude. I've just found Claude isn't quite as good, if that makes sense. It's not as good at coming up with the next steps in this process, the actual creating of the questions, et cetera. It'll still be good and it'll be a great start and keep, that, keep those caveats in mind. Uh, and so that, now that you have your transcript for your training, uh, you take that and you're gonna feed it in to ChatGBT or you're gonna feed it into Claude. And then you're gonna just ask it to generate questions for you. Right now, you probably want to ask it to generate questions in a way where the questions are actually good, uh, that they test for understanding in good ways, etc. Would you like me to go over some of what you should tell the AI system to give you back when it comes to these kinds of questions? Would you like me to tell you? Yes, please do. <laughs> Great. Uh, first off, just like normal, uh, we're going to use our mega prompt framework as how we build this out. There's a couple of things that we want to tell it. Uh, we want to tell it to simulate a persona. Uh, we want to tell a, a, the kind of persona for this is going to be something like, you know, I want you to be an expert instructional designer familiar with, with, you know, testing and learning adoption and uh, understanding it, you could come up with something better than that, but that's the key idea. We want it to take on the role of somebody who really understands how to ask a question is the basic idea. We're going to give it uh, the task of coming up with these questions. So the task is going to be something like, I want you to develop questions to test for understanding of the training material I will provide to you. Uh, we're going to give it the goal of saying the goal is to create excellent questions that thoroughly test for understanding of the training material. Uh, based on the transcript or based on the written information. And then we're going to have it do some steps as well. So steps would be things like step one, I want you to fully understand the training material. Uh, step two, I want you to generate an extensive list of questions that would test for understanding of this material based on criteria that I'll give you below. And then you might not even have any other steps. Uh, if you use AI, it'll probably help you to be able to come up with better steps than that, but that's the basic idea. Uh, if you have any context or constraints, say you're using a specific training system. So I like to use uh, what's called an LMS, a learning management system uh, that allows for, there are specific types of questions. So if you have that sort of thing where you know that you have limitations, you want to integrate it into a tool, you can actually tell it like, the, the kinds of questions that you could give are these kinds, right? Multiple choice, match, uh, fill in the blank. Whatever, you could tell it those kinds of criteria, whatever your different types are available. We'll go over some of those options uh, in a second. So you're gonna give it context. Uh, you could tell it things like tone of voice. You might give it more context about your business or what you're trying to get people to learn, etc. cetera. Uh, and then it's like kind of your overall instructions for it. The other thing that you're gonna to wanna to throw in is examples or information about what makes for a good questions that test for understanding. Cause not all questions are created equal. If somebody just regurgitates the information, that's not the same caliber of testing as something that really forces them to take and apply the knowledge in a way that you could see is relevant. And in terms of how to do this, there's 
partially a question of implementation on your part. Do you have the bandwidth to actually review answers? Do you want that level of involvement? Do you want to, somebody goes through this process, goes through your quiz, do you want to have to review the information in order for them to move forward? Uh, or would you rather it be completely automated? If it's completely automated, you're probably not gonna be able to test to as high a degree of understanding as you will be if you're willing to review it. But again, you set these based on done is better than perfect, what is the level of involvement you're able to put into something like this and then, then adapt as needed. So that's the, that's kind of the idea of what you would throw in into the prompt. I'm gonna give you the criteria here in a second. That would also go into that. But so far, any questions on the laying the groundwork for how we're instructing uh, the AI uh, to go through this process and to start to give us these questions? Any, any questions so far? I think that makes sense. We get the transcript if we don't have it. We send the transcript to chat GPT if it's small enough for Claude, if it's larger, and we tell right. it first to understand it. And then first right. we tell it who it is. Then we say, understand right. this. And then third, we tell right. them the types of questions we want them to ask. Is that right? Right. That at a basic level. So we've done an episode before on the mega prompt framework. Really, we're just applying that concept to this end goal of creating good questions. So the same concepts that I apply there, we just use those same building blocks of persona, task, goal, steps, context, and constraints, right? We build our prompt based on those concepts. Uh, and so let's go ahead and continue and let's flesh out what those content or concepts or constraints would be. Uh, when you're deciding if you wanna go more to the automated versus uh, deeper understanding, you might tell it to adapt based on what you're looking for. Or if you want to mix of both, then you could just feed in all of these, if that makes sense, depending on what you're looking for. Uh, but for the automated processing end, the kinds of questions that you're going to allow it to give you back are going to be things like multiple choice, where you're te testing for recognition and ensuring clarity and relevance, where you're making sure that, that they're understanding how to find the right answer amongst a number of answers. You can give them true or false to understand basic understandings of what is the right way to think about this. Uh, fill in the blanks. Uh, fill in the blanks could be combined with multiple choice. Uh, if there's a clear exact right answer, then fill in the blank can be automated. Uh, fill in the blank might be a little bit manual review required if there might be some variation in what a right answer could be. Teaching can also be useful depending on what you're testing for. You and I, for instance, we just recorded an awesome episode uh, on the lead efficiency index. And so you might, if we were going to test somebody on that concept, we might present them with a few different descriptions of a lead and then have them match it to a lead efficiency index example. And so it's kind of a combination of multiple choice, but applying the information and that could be automated where there is a clear right answer. Nice. Um, so that, that kind of concept could work. Uh, so those are the automated processing thing. So some tips for that, you want to use clear, you want to tell the AI to use clear, concise language. Uh, you want to make sure to tell it what the learning objective is. Like what are the takeaways that you want to make sure that somebody is supposed to walk away understanding, feed that into the AI as well as if possible, so that it knows how to give you back something as close to the right answer is or close to the right kinds of questions as possible. You want it to include plausible distractors in something like a multiple choice. So what that means is you want there to be at least a few answers that look like they could be right and have them have to really understand what makes them different in order to pick the one that is right. Um, so that concept, you again, you feed this into multiple choice so it knows it, it needs there to be plausible distractors. Now, do note on this level, AI is hit or miss on how good it's going to get you on these sorts of things. It's going to try at that. It's going to try for what it thinks is a plausible distractor. But this is really a thing where 
think of AI as being able to get you, like you said, 80% of the way there. You're going to need to go through the questions personally. You're going to need to double check with the potential answers, the potential options, and you're going to need to make sure that they add up and make sense. Uh, it's probably going to be a little bit off, a little bit wrong <laughs> in the vein of trying to get you to that right answer. You know, just make sure that you're planning for that. And then the other thing that could be useful, this is less of a big deal for AI specifically, but the tools that you use, if they could do this, it could be helpful with just to randomize uh, the question and answers uh, in terms of order, maybe even what questions are there. Uh, depending on the system that you're using, you might have a pool of questions that it pulls from rather than just a set of five that everybody gets, if that makes sense. A lot of this is based on the tools that you have available. But th so those are some of the concepts for the automated processing. Now, if you need to test for deeper understanding, uh, if you need to test to say, like this is more of a nuanced concept and there isn't exactly a right answer or I really need to make sure that somebody understands us more from an application sort of way or from an uh, applied learning. Those types of things are typically gonna require some sort of human review. You can maybe do some where the answers are fed into AI and then AI tells you if it thinks they answered it right or not. I wouldn't rely on that yet. That's gonna be hit or miss. If you feel like it requires a deep understanding, you probably want to have a human actually review it. Uh, the kinds of things that fit for that are going to be things like short answer uh, or long answer slash essay. So those sorts of things are going to test for the ability to art articulate the concepts, um, especially on their own, where they're putting it into their own words and you're trying to flesh out the concepts and you're seeing how deeply, how well do they understand it. Longer answers are going to require a depth and ability to apply the knowledge maybe in different settings. So you get more opportunity to see somebody applying that. Uh, and then one of the last ones in this vein that you may not be able to even have them submit something for. It may be something that you literally, you design a test that's designed to be done together. And sometimes you could do it this way, sometimes not, but demonstrating the learned skill set. So this could be things like if you went through a training on sales skills, you might have somebody either role play with you to demonstrate those things happening. And that's the kind of environment where you need to test something like that. Uh, or it might be that you literally uh, have somebody hop on the phone and start making calls and get to t test things that they're doing or demonstrate the information by writing an email, putting together a design piece, creating a video, creating a, a, whatever it is, right? You might have somebody, not just a written answer, but you might have them literally demonstrate understanding of whatever skill or you're, you're training them on by having them go through and do something that showcases that learning. In those, you're really wanting to make sure that you're probing for real world application of the topic. Uh, you want to, depending on what you're teaching, you might uh, provide for different opportunities for different ways to demonstrate video, audio, design, in-person. It really depends on what you're testing for. On all of these, you want to make sure that you're providing su sufficient time for thoughtful responses, but not so much time that it's too long. So you want to have that right mix. That time as a constraint can be really helpful in testing for some of these concepts. Uh, and then you want to make sure that regardless on all of these, that you're having the AI as well as this is what you're selecting for, uh, ensure that you're testing for a variety uh, of aspects of the topic, that you're trying to look at it from a nuanced perspective as po if possible and look at it from different angles as much as possible. So again, all of those concepts, if you take those, list them out, say, hey, AI, uh, I'd like you to generate questions. I would select from what I just said based on what's relevant for your use case and what's relevant for what you're looking to do. Uh, and then you could put together a prompt. And then when you feed the transcript plus that prompt, that the instructions plus your criteria, uh, what it'll get you back will be a list of questions based on the actual training that you put together, not just based on random stuff, but based on your provided context. 
and it'll give you back really good relevant stuff that, that you can throw into an LMS or you can print out and test people that you're, if you're doing something, you know, less dynamic. Uh, and then when tied together uh, with a system where you, the things that you need somebody to learn, the skill sets that you need them to learn, you can actually flow people through a process where you're training and testing for understanding, training and testing for understanding, and people only flow through uh, when they've actually demonstrated some level of acquired knowledge, acquired expertise in the topic. And again, AI makes that drastically easier uh, than it ever has been before. I knew that this kind of thing was good and useful and i pretty much never did it because it was right. way too much work to be able to do it properly but now that ai allows us to happen it's actually really easy uh, to go through generate these get them set up and and start being able to test for understanding again based all off of the thing that is maybe it's not easy but it's a lot easier to do it's a lot easier to create training and when you have the training you can create the derivatives off of it uh, pretty readily leveraging ai does that all make sense that does yeah i might actually do it now <laughs> there you go there you go <laughs> so yeah any what's your biggest takeaway from this process uh, what do you what, what kind of impact do you think it'll make for you or your business that would be applicable you know to our audience of real estate professionals here it reminds me i was in a, a high level mastermind a few years ago and there were a lot of team leaders that were mm. successful in one particular he had built a team and it was just struggling he said they weren't doing well. And he actually created a test for them and gave it to them and they all flunked. And I think he actually ended up firing them all, even though like, he was like, I've got to do better. I've got to build a new foundation. And he built the new foundation on making sure that they knew what their brand was, what their USP was, what their buyer process, what their seller process. And now he built out a test. They got together once a week. He, he did much better. He said, we got community, we're training, we're testing. And the big aha from that, he said, the 80-20 rule, my top agents, they all got nine out of 10 on the test. My lower agents still, right. they don't know what we do. I think one, it's a great way to make sure that I'm I love the word. I'm not confabulating how well I teach. You know, I'm not thinking that I'm right. teaching well when I'm not. Uh, but then also right. it gives me a great, if one of my team members is not doing well, I can look and be like, how well do you know our processes? Because if you don't know your processes, that could be a simple way to fix it. Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and it really does. I typical way of thinking through this is I like to see people tested on understanding quickly. You're going through a process of learn, learn, test. Ever possible, people learn best when they actually get to put something into practice and implementation. And, and testing is at least a low level form of that where uh, it switches from consumption into some form of their having to actively create and think in order to apply that knowledge. And the more they have to apply it, the stronger they've likely internalized it. And so a lot of people miss this, but literally uh, testing, application, all of that, they're part of the learning process. They're part of what actually forces you to learn the information. Even if you explain something perfectly, it's worth understanding that People only retain so much through what they hear. They tr retain drastically more through what they actually do or what they have to reteach themselves. And so this gives you the tools to be able to try 
and increase that level of adoption, that level of understanding uh, of people taking in what, you know, I hope everybody who actually creates some level of training for their team, uh, for their business, hopefully you believe it's important information that people actually need to understand. And if so, it's probably important that, that you're setting them up for success and making sure to test for understanding and whatnot too. So there you go. If anybody wants more on this information, again, we are in a process right now of figuring out what are you guys interested in? What do you want to know more about? What do you care about? What's exciting to you? What kind of topics here that we talk about at Real Estate Growth Hackers are tickling your fancy, so to speak. So that's what we're on the search for. If you want more of this information, feel free to, uh, to reach out to us, Real Estate Growth Hackers. I don't know if I got something for you. Maybe I have an SOP. Maybe I have a course. Uh, maybe that's what you want. I don't know. You let me know. You reach out and you say, hey, Zach, I love that information that you said about this thing. Give me more. Here's how I think I need your help. And we'll see what we can do for you. In the meantime, feel free to check out what we've got for you at Real Estate Growth Hackers. If you ever need one-on-one -on -one consulting, I do offer some level of that. It is limited, but if you get signed up for my list or you check us out online, you can find out more information about how to do that, uh, how to get involved in some of our communities, see our courses, all that sort of thing. Until next time, I think that about covers it for how to leverage AI to generate some good questions to test for understanding. So thanks so much for coming out, Charlie. I'm looking forward to taking one of my trainings and running it through Claude and seeing what happens. There you go. There you go. Make sure to share it back with me. I'm curious to see what happens. Bye everyone. Thanks for tuning in to the Real Estate Growth Hacker Show. Remember, done is better than perfect. To turn the marketing ideas and tactics you just learned into real growth for your real estate business, visit us at realestategrowthhackers.com. If you like this episode, consider sharing it with another real estate professional who could benefit from the information. Or maybe you'd like to subscribe to the show to never miss an episode. And you can leave a rating or review on iTunes with your biggest takeaway, helping this show to reach and help more people just like you. Thanks again, and we'll see you on the next episode.